morning and good coffee. How's everybody doing today? This is Morning Coffee with Larry, and I am pleased that you uh, tuned in today. I was actually just looking at the statistics, and more people are tuning into the podcast, so that tickles me. Uh, you never know uh, whether people will uh, stick with something or whether they will... Uh, share it with their friends, but apparently more people are tuning in, so that makes me a little excited about uh, about the podcast today. So anyway, <clears throat> today is uh, March 5th, 2019, and whenever I went outside, it didn't feel quite as cold as yesterday, so that that's pleasing as well. <laughs> I am so ready for spring. I am so sick and tired of winter. It's been fun. It's been nice. I think we've supposedly killed all the bugs out there. So, you know, uh, let, let's let spring roll in. Uh, but uh, no, we're, uh, we're continuing on a series uh, that I started last week. Let me flip over to my notes here. On marriage, and we've covered five concepts of a successful marital relationship where we've looked at commitment, respect, love, forgiveness, and trust. And we've been on a little series of intimacy, including recreational, spiritual, um, financial, and today we are going to look at physical intimacy. Uh, then just to give you a highlight of what's coming up, because we're going to actually run a little bit longer because I've added in a couple of these intimacies. Uh, tomorrow, I plan on looking at communications, expectations, um, quality time versus quantity time, beliefs, and some of the false beliefs that can become hangups in our marriage. And then uh, wrapping up, with humility and selflessness. So I'm, I'm excited about this. This has been a fun series for me. Uh, over the years, I've done a lot of work with couples. Uh, and, and it's always, I'll tell you, it's probably one of the most satisfying things um, for a therapist is when they see you know, a person really get into what you're trying to help them with and they have success, and it's great when it's individual. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but whenever I see a couple, you know, either make their marriage so much better, or they were, you know, in that slide towards separation or divorce, and they pull it back, they fix the things that were wrong, they they learn some skills to make it better, and now they have rescued, they have saved not just a relationship, not just a marriage, but in so many ways they've saved a family. And it does, it, it, it truly tickles me whenever that takes place. And uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping that, that each of you find some golden nuggets out of these uh, talks and times together. Um, so, uh, let me, uh, let me, uh, well, what we'll do is have a quick little pause, uh, for our, uh, commercial break, and then I'm going to jump into 
physical intimacy. All right. Well, let's dig into physical intimacy. And I know some people out there may be going, okay, now that's what it, when we talk about sex. Well, that is part of it, but frankly, it's a small part of it. Um, let's take a look at that phrase, physical intimacy. Well, the physical is the adjective that describes the noun intimacy. So let's go to our noun that we've been discussing here. What is intimacy? Intimacy is into me see. Intimacy. Into me see. I'm comfortable enough with myself, and I trust you enough that I'll let you in to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, because I trust that you won't use it against me. So when we're talking about physical intimacy, we're not specifically talking about a single physical act for pleasure. What we're talking about is an additional process of creating an intimacy, a closeness between two people that allows them to have a deeper kind of more comprehensive relationship than what they would have had otherwise. And stop and think about relationships that you have with people. You know, some are based upon, you know, a common interest. I belong to a beekeeping club. I have friendships with people that's solely on that. There's the, we, we don't do anything else together. We just do things associated with beekeeping. You have, uh, you know, there's financial intimacy. And, and a person could have good financial intimacy with somebody like a banker or your tax preparer, where you have conversations about finances and discussing and planning things on a financial level. And that's it. You know, that's, that's pretty well it. I don't hang out with my tax guy. Not to say he's not a good guy, but that is the only way that we have any kind of relationship, and it's very in-depth. I share things with him regarding my finances that I don't talk over with other people other than my spouse. So, you know, you can have those individual kinds of intimacy, and, and it's only there. But is that really what you want your marriage to be like? No, you want to have intimacy in multiple, multiple, multiple ways. Now, there, is, there are different levels of physical intimacy because there's different levels of physical communication. And so let's go to the adjective of physical. What is physical? It's, it's basically involving human touch. That's what, it's, that's what it's, it's focusing on, is that physical kind of touch that we have. And we have physical touch with a lot of different people in different ways. Now, what's popped into my head is you've got some people, they have it in a professional way. You know, if somebody is a physical therapist, massage therapist, you know, somebody who is helping a person with uh, physical issues, then they have, you know, there is a touch there. But you also have physical touch 
in friendships. Maybe it's a hug. Maybe it's a high five. Maybe it is, you know, uh, you know, handshakes. And then you can have, you know, inside of a family where there's, there's more where it's, you know, like if you've got uh, small kids in the household and they sit on your lap while you watch TV or they snuggle up close to you during a movie. You know, there's, you know, uh, my kids were both, you know, uh, very much physical kinds of kids when they were really little. And, uh, and that, that's, that's a great thing when you, when you have a family that can, you know, have that, you know, ability to have uh, healthy, good, simply innocent physical touch. Then whenever you're talking about a romantic type of relationship, there's different levels of touch that's pretty much exclusive to that, with just maybe a few exceptions. But, you know, it it may start off with holding hands, Uh, you know, longer embracing hugs, uh, playing with... uh, the person's hair, you know, like during a movie and you got your arm around your girl and you play with her hair. Uh, That's a different level of intimacy that, you know, you just don't let anybody do. Uh, That may be different from culture to culture, but, you know, for the most part here, you know, no, we don't, you know, (laughs) we don't play with our friend's hair. That that's generally, um, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are some folks that do that, but, you know, typically that's not there. You know, there's different kinds of handholding. Uh, there's some handholding that is just, you know, at that basic level, but then there's, there's sensual touch just with holding hands. So, you know, it's, there's different levels that are there and present prior to, you know, the, the development of additional physical contact that ties in more with sexuality where it comes and it ties into physical pleasures, uh, whether that is with uh, uh, the genitals, whether that is with uh, uh, other parts of the body that are, can be erotic uh, and, and allow for that deeper openness, that deeper, pleasure, that deeper um, closeness. So, you know, I was writing down some of my thoughts here, and I I wrote this down. And it is, uh, when I think about physical intimacy, um, it's a progression of intimacy involving acceptance, closeness, and trust that combines emotional and physical in a pleasing way. So let's look at those first three words that I was saying, acceptance, closeness, and trust. So if we're looking at physical intimacy in a marital relationship, there has to be a level of acceptance because you really don't want to be that close with somebody that either you're not accepting or they're not accepting you. And really, is there, um, and I'm not talking about the acceptance of certain activities, because, 
you know, sometimes we may be doing not a good, healthy kind of activity. Maybe, you know, if, if somebody is lying, we're not, I'm not saying acceptance of, of that behavior, but acceptance of the person. We want to be accepted. We want to have the, we want to believe we are being accepted and we want to feel that sensation, you know, of, of that we are accepted. So it ties in with that. And it's a closeness. You know, in our culture, we kind of have this bubble of personal space that we don't necessarily like somebody to get into. You go over into other cultures, they don't get that concept because that's not a part of their culture. But we have that here in Western culture. And different people have different circles, different size circles. Uh, but when we're talking about physical intimacy, there has to be the ability of allowing closeness. Now, there can be different reasons why maybe somebody struggles with that. And, and you know, we can have different kinds of hangups, which are, you know, often tied to uh, things in our past. Either things that we just learned because that was the definition of norm, maybe in the family that we grew up in, or it is uh, tied to maybe some sort of a, a traumatic experience uh, that we have encountered. But the goal with physical intimacy is to be able to be comfortable allowing that closeness to occur so that we can sit side by side. We can have long embraces. We can hold each other close. You know, that's one of the things I don't like about modern cars. We have bucket seats up front. We do not have a bench seat. Now, I understand a bucket seat is a lot more comfortable to sit in. But when you had that bench seat of those old cars from the uh, 60s and into the 70s, you know, guys driving the car, the girl could be snuggled up right next to him as you're driving. He's got his hand, you know, arm around her shoulder. Um, that was nice. Of course, back then, no one wore seat belts and no one got injured in car accidents. So anyway, it's, we kind of, we've lost <laughs> that closeness driving in a car. I guess I'm lamenting and wishing for older days. Um, but there's the closeness. And then there comes in that foundation that I was talking about earlier of trust. It's hard to get close to somebody that you don't trust. So that's also a factor involved is that you are, you are building and growing and deepening and expressing that trust for the other person. So this acceptance, closeness, and trust, it combines or it allows us to combine the emotional and the physical. Because when you're having that closeness, there is this emotional stirring that is taking place. A yearning to have that closeness, a yearning to have that acceptance, a yearning to be able to trust that person in this deeper way that you don't trust other people, that you don't get close to other people, that you don't have the level of acceptance. And so as with other, you know, you have it deeper than what you have with other people. And so you have this combined emotional aspect with the physical. And, you know, 
that's one of the things that I have noticed in doing therapy over the years is when you take things that are uh, physical and you're able to combine them with the emotional, it becomes very powerful. Now, I do work a lot with trauma and PTSD and other kinds of anxiety and trauma disorders. And one of the things that I find is we can have these triggers where there's this physical thing and it gets combined with an emotion. So you have a loud noise and it's combined with fear. Or you have a certain phrase and it's combined, you know, that somebody speaks, which is physical, uh, and, and, uh, and it uh, is combined with anger. And these two things get stuck together. So now all of a sudden the person sees a crowd and they have this reaction or they hear the loud noise and they have this negative reaction. And so I see a lot of that on the negative side. But what we're talking about here is a po- set of positive emotions that's getting combined with physical closeness. Stop and think about that. We're doing the same thing in essence. It's a trigger. We're combining the physical and the emotional. We're gluing them together. They're getting married. So whenever this is done in the right way, when this is done in the right way, what are you creating? Something powerful something very powerful with a marriage. You know, when I, when I, uh, if we think about some of the biology parts there, when we have this kind of a situation taking place, we often have the release of two chemicals also taking place. One is endorphins, which are pleasurable, good feely chemicals. On a molecular basis, they're very similar to narcotics and they give us that euphoric sensation. Then when we combine that, or the other chemical that is that is also released is a neurotransmitter, and it is called uh, in, uh, dopamine. And dopamine is a reward chemical. And, and so it makes us want to do that behavior, that activity more and more often. You know, these stupid cell phones that we're now all addicted to, and, you know, you look at the different social media things that, you know, before when we didn't have the phones and it wasn't as handy, you may check your Facebook a couple of times a day when you were at a desktop computer. But now since it's in our hand, we're checking it scores of times per day, just ridiculous amounts. Why? Because we're getting a little dopamine hit that is causing us to want to do that behavior over and over again. So now let's take this though, and let's come back here to physical intimacy. As we're doing this the right way, whether it's holding hands, stroking hair, uh, caressing, embracing, those things that we're leading up in this progression, it's building upon that idea of having uh, this bonding of the emotional and the physical in a pleasing way. So, you know, to me, what we want to do, if we want to do this right, is we do it, but not in a rushed manner. You don't want to do it in a rushed manner. You don't want to see how fast you can get to sex. Because there, you know, there's so much more building up to that. You know, if there's guys listening, I'm just going to be straight up 
with you. Uh, what you have seen in the past in porn is not reality. It doesn't work that way. It's not, it's not the desired thing. This is more than just physical release. This is building up a physical intimacy in a very comprehensive way that makes it super powerful. Super powerful for this couple. So we don't want to rush it. We want to... There was a book several years ago that came out. I did not purchase it, but I had heard about it and it was like, I like this. It was entitled... I I think this is the name. I, I should have checked. Well, I didn't think about it before the podcast, but you can check on it and see if you can find it. Uh, I think it was called Sex Begins in the Kitchen. And it's the idea that there's things that we do in our relationship, in our everyday activities that builds a foundation for us having a great sexual experience, you know, in the bedroom. And so it starts in the kitchen. It starts in everyday life. You know, it when we when we look to if as a married couple, if we are going to pursue, you know, and and uh, you know, progression all the way up to sexual activity, then we want to. I mean, do we want to just <clears throat> have it be the same thing as running to McDonald's for fast food? I mean, yeah, uh, there's times where it's like, okay, I'm hungry. I need to swing through. I didn't bring anything for lunch at work. I only got 30 minutes. So I you know, hop in my car. It takes a, a few minutes to get to McDonald's. I hop in the drive-thru. Everybody else is doing the same thing. So I eventually work through the drive-thru lane. I get, you know, a cheeseburger, fries, uh, uh, an iced tea, and I pull it out of the bag and I'm still driving the car. And by the time I get back to work, the cheeseburger is gone. I've got uh, most of my French fries gone. Half my drink is gone. I sit in the car, listen to the radio for just a couple more minutes while I gulp the rest of it down and then walk in and start my 1230 counseling session. That is not the way to have a meal. But sometimes that's what takes place. Well, do you want fast food as your primary sexual relationship with your spouse? Or would you like to have a nice long five-course meal that uh, where you're allowed to take your time and really not just savor the meal, but savor the person that you're experiencing the meal with? My wife and I last month got to go to a super nice, amazing restaurant with uh, uh, a couple of friends down in Branson, and the meal was incredible, and the experience of the dining room and where this restaurant was located was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we had about, I don't know, 45-minute wait, something like that, till we were able to get a table. And we just walked around the grounds, and it was after dark, but things were lit up, and we could look down on the city. It's called Top of the Rock down in Branson. So if you ever go down there, it's a great it's a great experience, but we were taking all that in in the building that this that there's several restaurants. It's it's just incredible. So by the time we got to our table, I mean, we were so immersed in the, in the whole experience that the, the meal was great, 
But if we had just somebody handed us the food in a styrofoam take-home container and say, you know, here's the meal. Yeah, we'd say, yeah, this is good food. But everything else just made it something that, you know, I'm talking about it with you. And I'm recommending that if you're down in Branson, you go do this. You know, that's that's what we want. You know, yeah, fast food's okay on occasion. A quickie is okay on occasion and can be fun. But you want to have something more than that. You don't want to settle just for fast food every meal. You don't want to settle just for, you know, a, a physical sexual release. You want something more. You know, so, you know, one of the questions that a lot of times people would say is, you know, how often should couples have uh, sex? How often should, you know, uh, should this be taking place in our marriage? And there's not an exact time frame. But I guess the question would be, is, is this a regular part of your life or not? Is there something that's getting in the way? And maybe it's because all these things that I've been talking about with physical intimacy that does not have to do with sexual intercourse, is that even taking place in your marriage? If it's not taking place in your marriage, something is definitely missing. And that could be a key problem. You know, hey, I want to have a house and I want to have a house quick. Well, I can go get a camper, drive it on, you know, pull it onto the site, put the little supports under it, and boom, I've got a house. Well, is that really the same thing as having a stick build house with a foundation or a basement and having it, you know, you know, put on that? Is that the same thing as a camper? No. And so you want to have something that is that you are building and that you are you're you're seeing that it's more than just that sexual release. It is something deeper. It is a physical intimacy. So coming back to my question that I that I started with there with uh, you know how often I, I I talk about the three F's. It should be frequent. It should be fulfilling, and it should be fun. Because if it's not frequent. That's, you know, you're going to have a natural hunger that you're either just going to have to keep suppressing or you're going to keep, somebody's going to be continually disappointed. So it needs to be frequent. How often do you have meals during your day? Do you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner and a snack or so in between? Well, I'm not necessarily saying that's how often uh, uh Couples should, you know, pursue a, a sexual relationship having, you know, or, you know, having a sexual intercourse. But it, you know, if people are continuously hungry or famished, then it becomes an unnatural preoccupation. It, it, it's not working right. So it needs to be frequent. I let people decide what frequent is. It needs to be fulfilling. That's this whole thing I've been talking about fulfilling on so many different levels, and it needs to be fun. We can have lightheartedness during this wonderful experience. So frequent, fulfilling, and fun. Finally, if as I'm 
talking about this, if you find yourself cringing, because this is not something that's settling with you. This is not something you're wanting or you're getting scared. There very much may be some problems. And you know what they are probably. Or you have a pretty good idea. And the idea of sharing these with your spouse may be the last thing you can even imagine. Because you guys don't have the right kind of intimacy regarding that ability to talk about this with each other. You know, it ties back into the definition of intimacy. I'm comfortable enough with myself, and I trust you enough to show you the good, the bad, and the ugly because I trust you won't use it against me. Yeah, the intimacy part isn't there. And what I would really recommend is that you get together with a good counselor that you can feel comfortable with working through some of these things, whether it's, I just don't like being touched, or I don't like the the thought of, of sex, or other kinds of physical closeness I have problems with, and maybe it's because of these old wounds that has happened from childhood, from adolescence, maybe from college, maybe from a first marriage, maybe from earlier in this marriage, but get together with somebody to help work through those. This is an important part of a marital relationship. And you don't want to miss out on this level, excuse me, this level of intimacy. All right. Well, I will let that be the final word and wrap up today. I hope this has been helpful. If it has, please share, you know, share this with your friends. Uh, Send them a link to this podcast. Um, and uh, again, if, if this is something that's helpful, I, I'm very glad. And uh, I am, I am, uh, that, that pleases me because that's the whole purpose is to be able to, to uh, cover some different topics and share some golden nuggets that may help improve aspects of your life. So with that said, have yourselves a great day and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Bye.